So it's a privilege for me to share with you what God has done in my life and in the life of my family. In the next few minutes, you'll get to know me, and it's my prayer that my story may benefit some others and bring glory to God. This is all about the grace and steadfast love of my father for me, a stubborn rebel. So I'm the second son of Joseph and Edith, parents of six sons and a daughter. I was born in Red Bank, New Jersey, near the middle of the last century. My dad was a union carpenter who always had a side remodeling job, and after school, my brothers and I were the cleanup crew and weekend gophers. Mom was a hairdresser who had clients come to the house. They were hardworking people. We always went to church. They were believers, but they had their issues, and they made mistakes. Our family was definitely dysfunctional. Dad drank every day, and there was habitual abuse of mom and the kids. Loud and angry arguments were the norm. They did, however, introduce us to Christianity and the Bible. I was saved and baptized at about eight years old after I came to understand and believe that Jesus died and rose to forgive me of my sins. I remember as a little boy um, memorizing John 3.16, that God so loved the world. But there was no carryover of the faith into home life. This was confusing, and I guess it set the stage for me to live a compartmentalized life. Life at home was not happy. I wanted to run away, but I never did. I found another way of escape. At 13, I discovered porn and became aware of my sexual attraction to men. I began to secretly act on these feelings, which I knew in my heart were wrong and displeasing to God. I decided I wouldn't discuss these things with him, and this was a big conflict for me. I was a believer, but I was habitually sinning. This really troubled me, but I was not willing to open up to anyone about it. I was in the pride-shame trap. Part of my story is about my willful indulgence, my pride, guilt, and shame. I continued to sin. In college, I developed the habits of drinking, drugging, and acting out sexually. I indulged in these daily, even though I saw signs of patterns of abuse. I was blind to God's blessings. I didn't appreciate the good things happening in my life. In college, I got involved in InterVarsity Fellowship, which was an opportunity for me to be obedient and to follow Christ. And I also met Gail while I was in college. We got involved in Madison Avenue Christian Reformed Church, which turned out to be a loving church family. And again, I had another opportunity to follow God more closely and to uh, be obedient to what he was revealing to me in the word. But I didn't take advantage of that opportunity at the time. In 1982, we graduated from college where we studied nursing. Gail and I got married. We eventually had two great kids. 
Aaron in 1985, and Jay in 1987. We moved to Pennsylvania, bought our first home. We grew in our careers. And the challenges of our busy lives were really stressful for me. To cope, I continued to use daily and more on weekends and days off. I took my frustrations and my unhappiness out on my family. I was irritable and angry all the time. I was abusive to Gail and the kids, and they were afraid of me. They lived in a chaotic, unpredictable home. There was fighting all the time. Tension was high whenever I was around. We used to call it uh, walking on eggshells, and we were always in that mode. Um, when our oldest began to act out in school, I knew it was my fault. There was a foundation of love between us, but there was so much hard-heartedness between us which continuously eroded that love. If it hadn't been for the Lord, as they say, what, you know, what would have happened to us? I remember I cried out to God one day in my despair and asked him to free me from the strongholds which were destroying my life. The first part of the answer came thanks to my dear wife, Gail, and her counselor, Judy, who did a sort of intervention on me. Go to treatment or we're leaving, Gail insisted. So that little ultimatum got me into treatment and my head slowly cleared up. Treatment for my addictions helped a whole lot. I learned about how my people delivered some things to me, which were the roots of my sin. And I believe the solutions the world offers do not take us far enough, aren't true enough, don't bring enough light. Jesus said, come unto me, you who are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Next God took me kicking and screaming to a place where my heart could be made new. The best part of my story is that God has answered my prayers for deliverance from my addictions. I'm glad to say that I'm 26 years sober today, I'm free of porn, and I'm not acting out sexually. God has given a lot of healing and reconciliation in our relationship. When I was getting high and drinking all the time, we were right on the edge of divorce. I told you about the fighting and the tension. Um, one time I saw a copy of Divorce for Dummies that Gail had left laying out. And uh, then I realized, you know, I'm really in trouble. This is it. She's ready to make her break. And uh, I remember asking God to change our hearts towards one another and to heal us and renew the love we once shared. That's been an, a long, ongoing process. I learned to pray and to wait. And we just celebrated 36 years of um, marriage just this month. So God healed me in some ways, and he's been working in Gail's heart in other ways. You can imagine the amount of forgiveness and patience and submission to God as far as our marriage is concerned. And God's been at work in, in the lives of the kids, too. They suffered a lot. Um, we've talked about that a little bit as a family, and I admitted my 
faults and my failures and let them know that it wasn't their fault, that most of it was me and an unhealthy environment around the house. And we've forgiven each other for our shortcomings and God's continuing to do a healing work in their lives. I'm really grateful for that. I said before, I'm free of my porn addiction, and that's no less than a miracle in my life. I never really expected God would um, provide in that way, but he definitely has. I've learned to connect with men in healthy ways. I got into the practice of regular Bible study and fellowship. I learned that I'm not alone in my struggles. I am also learning that transparency, honesty, accountability, and changing behaviors are essential to spiritual growth. I've benefited greatly from the Christ-centered ministry of Harvest USA, which is an outreach to those struggling with sexual brokenness. I've learned that I've had to develop new routines. I need the discipline of Bible study and prayer and meditation on the Word. I have found much wisdom and comfort in the Psalms. The Psalmists are honest and real in their appeals to our Father. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present hope in trouble, Psalm 46 tells us. I've learned that I need to dig in and study the Word. Titus 2, 11 and 12 says... The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. And somebody like myself and maybe some others that are struggling with lust and um, pornography in our culture, and you could say, well, this isn't as bad as that and blah, blah. But the word says God wants us to live righteous, godly lives in this present age. So the standard is there. That's the standard that we're responsible to uh, endeavor to live up to, I think. And I've also learned that I especially need to understand who I am in Jesus Christ. I inherited my issues from my people. And I talked about those a little bit. Um, But I was adopted by God. So today, first and foremost, I am his beloved son. And that's the most important part of my identity. I found I need to learn and practice the art of spiritual warfare, which really is the key to victory over any kind of sin that we face in our lives. In 2 Corinthians 10 and 3, Paul tells us that Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So I have found that to walk in victory and freedom from the bondage of the strongholds of my sin, my life, I have to stay in contact with my Savior daily, depend on his power. I can't do just Sunday morning worship. 
However, corporate worship does build us up as we affirm truth and praise God together. I know that I can't forget that my enemy prowls around seeking to devour me, as we're told in 1 Peter 5, 8. I'm learning to turn to God in my weakness, my brokenness, my helplessness. I have found him to be gracious and welcoming, as though he had been waiting all along for my return. I know that as I read his word each day, he speaks his truth to me. I have learned to reach out to others for support, connection, and fellowship. For many years, I believed my struggle with sin was the thing that kept me from intimacy with God. I have learned that coming to God for refuge from my sin is what the Bible teaches. I always focused on my performance. Did I commit a habitual sin? Or how long have I been clean? As I'm growing in my walk with Jesus, I'm learning to focus on him and his completed work for the grace to live my life of faith. I couldn't do it. I definitely couldn't do it alone. But when I finally brought my stuff to the foot of the cross in obedience and submission, reconciliation happened. To God be the glory. Thank you very much.